And welcome to the Spotlight episode. This is episode 169, dude, of the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast. And I'm going to continue going through the Daredevil Born Again story by Frank Miller. Uh, but before that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review all of the books coming out, and they're going to start this coming week. We have them as digital only, but things like the Hawkeye Freefall issue and things like that are going to start coming out and then starting in june uh, specifically we're going to get a ton of new books and things like that but we'll have those featured on the podcast but also on the website as well we also have a patreon account patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us for this podcast the dc podcast if you listen to that but also if you go and subscribe you will get a ton of shows some shows just like this daredevil deal that i'm doing tonight you know, things where we go through older comics, but we also have other things. I have a manga show. I have a cartoon show. We have a pop culture show, a lot of other things. The best way to figure out what we do is to go over and check it out. And if you go over and subscribe right now, being the beginning of May, you have about 21 days without being charged where you can check it out. And then if you don't like what you hear, don't think it's worth it or whatever, you just end up unsubscribing before june 1st and you'll never be charged you will have a free trial and at least check it out and that's what i always say uh, just check it out and see what you want if you don't like it no uh, no problem there but maybe you'll like some of the stuff but i'm going to be talking about daredevil number 230 also i was going to mention this is our two-year anniversary for this podcast i think it happened two days ago two years uh, we have, you know, 169 episodes, not too shabby right there, but we have Daredevil 230 that was published in May 1986. It is the issue called Born Again. It's written by Frank Miller, pencils by David Mazzucchelli, inks by David Mazzucchelli. I think it's Mazzucchelli. I don't know why I always say Mazzucchelli. It sounds, I don't know. I, I think it sounds bad, but you have colors by Max Scheel. Of course, David Mazzuchelli would probably say the, the heck with you, what you think sounds better. That's my name, jerk. Colors by Max Scheel and letters by Joe Rosen. And leading into this issue, if you've been listening or you have read this, Matt's life is in, in shambles. I mean, Matt Murdock is having a lot of problems, right? And I think that saying he's having a lot of problems is the understatement of the year. I mean, it, it led to Kingpin finding out his identity. Ruining the life of Matt Murdock, then trying to end the life of Matt Murdock, not being able to, which really still is pissing him off the no end. But then 
just to add insult to injury, Matt ends up being stuck in a cab, framed for murder, put in the bay, ends up getting out, sleeps in an alley, and then gets stabbed by Santa. I mean, really, that is insult to injury to insult to injury to salt in the wounds and everything going on here. But you see in this issue, especially the, you know, how Matt Murdock and how his identity being revealed and how his life going down has affected a lot of other people as well. Some for the bad. Some for the better, actually. I mean, you can say that Foggy and Glory, ye Glory, they might be doing a little better money-wise. But I, I do think that what you're going to see and what you're seeing here is, you know, there's a piece of Foggy missing with Matt missing and Matt, you know, just destroyed. But you end up starting out with a couple things. First off, you start out with a Really cool little recap, one page of the things that led to here, some things that I just told you about, but in the way of almost like a a Matt Murdock dying, having some thoughts about his life coming back. I mean, he is in bad, bad shape. And he's remembering, ah, this was a dream. Oh, no, it wasn't a dream. Kingpin, he found out my uh, secret identity somehow. Oh, my, he's after me. Santa stabbed me. Oh, no, it wasn't Santa. It was just that small-time hood, Turk. Turk. Turk is, like, one of the worst guys in this whole deal. And yet he's only in, like, two panels. But a guy who dressed up as Santa, stabbing Daredevil, stabbing Matt Murdock, (laughs) that's the worst. But, yeah, so he remembers this, and he's like, okay, the kingpin it's not a dream it's not a dream and then he he's alive and you see him in the basement the mission basement of a church with the nuns around they are tending to mostly drunks mostly winos maybe some homeless guys but there's matt right in the middle there Uh, i'm telling you it's almost like a religious type of pose even that he's there he's underneath the cross that's hanging on the wall He's kind of there with his arms spread out, and you end up having the the nun, Maggie, who we find out is very important to him, sitting there holding his hand saying, praise God, he's alive. The thing is, though, as we go through this, he is not really out of the woods yet. Who's in the woods, though, is Karen Page, and more like a jungle. It says that she is now in America. We ended up having her hook up with Paolo, the guy down in South America, Mexico way, where you ended up where she was being chased by the assassins of Kingpin. Kingpin, after finding out the identity of Matt Murdock, said, and Matt Murdock, Daredevil, said, anybody who knows anything about this will will now die. Sets up hits for everyone. It, It was given to him in an envelope and a cool line. Anybody who's touched this envelope must die now. Wesley sets this up. All these people are getting killed. Karen and just pretty much luck at most time was ducking the assassins while also getting her heroin, things like that, because that's what she ended up. All of the troubles in this book all came from a former lover, Karen Page, needing her fix of heroin. One fix of heroin is what did this. And that is awful. But she is going back and in a selfish way, even uh, she does feel guilty a bit, but she can't really feel guilty yet because she doesn't really know 
what her deal has caused. She doesn't really know what has transpired because of her giving up the name. But when the chips are down and she has nobody to go to, nobody at all, all she can do is think that Matt will be the guy who saves her. He's always the guy who has saved her. She is at rock bottom. She has assassins trying to kill her. She's also a junkie. She's a former porn star. All these things. Karen's life is awful, but she thinks that the only thing that means hope in her mind is Matt. And this starts a couple of pages that I really like that it deals with the the name. Not just Matt, but what a name can mean to people. What a name. And and really, there's Daredevil, Matt Murdock. All of this is from names. You, you know, that's what all this has all been about. So now you're going through a bunch of pages of what, you know, a name. And specifically for most of this, what the name Matt Murdock means to certain people. You end up having Karen. It means hope. She is there with Paolo, and I, I will mention that I said last last issue that this Paolo, he was a good enough guy. I said he's a creepy guy, he's he's a little bit of a scumbag. But I thought, okay, he ended up saving Karen. He ended up shooting the assassins that came together. I don't know why he had a shotgun in that restaurant, but he did. He ends up killing or shooting those guys, and then offering Karen a ride. Now the ride, you know, it's like you know whatever i was going to say the saying about having grass cash or you know what that you end up where she has to do some favors for him to get to new york again she's at rock bottom but i thought okay you know he's still giving a ride say no no he's a piece of crap I, i misjudged him i misjudged him big time when they get to new york things get worse and with her and him uh but then the name Murdoch, the name Matt Murdoch, what does it mean to Kingpin? You see him fighting what only could be the Saturday afternoon class of Tiger Shulman's karate school, it seems. There's there's guys and geese all over the place. One guy w- with nunchucks, and they're all just attacking Kingpin, and he's just knocking them the hell out. I hope they're getting paid enough to just be, you know, pretty much moving punching bags for him. But he thinks of the name Murdoch. He's Kingpin. He's the Lord of Crime. He destroyed Matt Murdoch, robbed him of his career, all of this stuff. But all he can think of is that Murdoch is alive somewhere. Murdoch is alive. So you have that name Murdoch. And this means just anger and unfinished business for Kingpin that is eating him alive. You went from the beginning of this saying, well, I found out, you know, okay, Daredevil's Matt Murdock. Yeah, Daredevil, he's not much. He's like a little fly that's a pest, but I'll use this info. I'll bring him down. It'll be fun. I can get inspired again and go. But when Matt did not die in the setup that Kingpin did to have him die, this has been eating at Kingpin since. He cannot stand that Matt just by living has one upped him that he has proven to be better than what kingpin thought especially after that meticulous planning to bring matt down everything to kingpin was all set up to happen exactly the way he wanted exactly the way he set it up and then it didn't and now matt murdoch now being alive is more of an issue to kingpin than he ever was as daredevil before And then he's even saying, like, almost like Kingpin has made a new version of his enemy, has made him even better in his mind, and it's driving him nuts, though Matt's still trying to just live at the moment. Then you go to Foggy, Franklin Nelson, 
who is signing a contract and you see his name on the contract in a really cool way where you see, you know, Glory, uh, not Glory, Glory's there with him. Karen thinking about Matt, the name, then King Ken Murdoch. And now you have Franklin Nelson, another. And this is him. It's almost like he's breaking free here of Matt, that this is him going out on his own, though it seems like he's still a little worried, but it has been 11 days since he's been missing 11 days and six hours, Glory says, and they're all happy he's making more money. But you get the idea that this isn't going to be enough for him. Foggy needs his buddy. Foggy needs Matt. But right now he's, you know, hey, I got a lot of money. It felt weird signing that, but he goes on. Well, the big one to me of names and things going on here, though, is Ben Yurick. And besides Matt, obviously, going through this issue of Daredevil, uh, I'm more connected or more concerned and intrigued by the Ben Yurick story in this, where Ben, last issue, he ended up, he was there with Lieutenant Manalise, who ended up trying to say, all right, you know, you had the setup where he set up Matt Murdock for Kingpin. In exchange for some, you know, medicine, some procedures for his sick son, the lieutenant's sick son. The son died. Unfortunately, that didn't help. The son died. And then Lieutenant Manalise is like, I have nothing to live for anymore. Anyway, this was all I, I even was ready to and did throw away pretty much my career. And, you know, my integrity and my morals. I threw him away because I wanted my son to live. Well, he didn't live. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe something's going on. But he's ready to talk to Ben Urich about how he does think it was Kingpin that set up Matt. In the meantime, Ben Urich is on the case because he never, ever would believe that Matt Murdock would do anything that he was accused of, anything that he was, right? He was disbarred. All these things that have gone wrong for Matt. Ben Urich is there to say, Matt Murdock is the most honest, straight, and narrow guy I've ever met. There is no way any of this is true. I'm going to I'm gonna use my power as a reporter. I'm going to go. He ended up asking Robbie Robertson, can I go and pursue this? He's like, all right, well, whatever. So he was trying to find out the truth, and you had Lieutenant Manalise finally saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come clean. I, I think that's that. Well, he ended up seeing that Kingpin has eyes, ears, and fists around and the nurse that was dealing with the lieutenant big lady uh she ended up hearing this and realizing it's time for me to act because she's there in case anybody says anything about kingpin and this connection all this stuff you take care of them they ended up beating she ended up beating the living crap out of the lieutenant ended up breaking all his bones i thought that he was dead i thought that last issue was dead he didn't he lived he is in the hospital. Not going to be for very long, but they ended up also, she broke Ben Urich's fingers and said, if you mention, and every time you do, she said, you are a reporter. If you were a publisher, we would have destroyed the presses. We would have burned your building down. You're not. We're not going to be silly and destroy your typewriter. You can get another one. That's not that big a deal. So what we're going to do is anytime you say the name Matt Murdock, we're going to break your fingers. And she does. She breaks the fingers in one hand and then sends him on his way. So he is there with the idea of, you know, Karen, Matt means hope. You end up kingpin, Murdock means anger. With Ben Urich, Matt Murdock means something you never say again, something you're afraid of. It's fear. It's the idea that somebody's always watching to see if you say it, even in his own home. 
when he is there with his wife. He won't let it's like Voldemort. I mean, really, she goes to say the name just at no, don't ever say it. And at this point, he is running scared. He is very, very concerned. It gets worse before it gets better, too. But you see, Karen has reached New York. She is going to say thank you and goodbye to her man, Paolo, who will not take that. He's not going to let her just get away. This now becomes the creepy fan who is ultra-violent and thinks that Karen is now his property, and it's bad. Uh, In the meantime, while that's going on, Matt is laying in the bed in the mission basement, and he's thinking about things that are going on. He's remembering when he was in a very similar situation as a little kid when he got chemicals spilled on him. And he remembers also then the one lesson, really, that his dad really, really taught him that he learned from his dad was you never, ever give up. And he opens his eyes, and it's okay. He's ready to go. He's not ready to go yet. Uh, We go back to Kingpin, who now has pretty much decimated the whole class of the Tiger Shulman's karate school and ends up saying to Wesley, call Nuke, get Nuke. And what? What? No, no, you, you don't really mean that, right? You're not serious, are you? And in a way, I love this line where Kingpin like looks over and there's Wesley, who is the one guy who can kind of say, you know, are you sure of that? And he's sure of it and says, I did not invite debate. You get Nuke. And Wesley goes off and they're going to try to locate Nuke. Well, that's where I said that Ben Urich, uh, you know, Voldemort, all this. He's at home and his wife's very concerned. He's just sitting there. He has the bandages on his hand and he's sitting there and she's concerned. They're going to kill you. They broke your fingers. They're going to come after us. Please. Why are you doing that? They're going to kill you and you'll die for. And before she could say Matt Murdock. He says, don't say the name. And and it's like really small print. And it's really well done with the idea that he is just he's depressed. He doesn't know what to do. He's scared. So it's just like very soft. He's saying, don't even think the name. It's so important that we don't even think of the name. So you think that Ben Urich here, let's write him off. He's done. Kingpin wins at least that part, that round. Uh, but not so much at the very end. And, and again, when we get to that, it's very much the idea that Kingpin ends up doing a little too much in my mind. He ends up doing so much that then you become a man without fear, just like Daredevil. Ben Urich's going to get to a point where, what the hell do I have to lose now? I mean, I, I might as well do something. And again, it's that thing where you end up having Kingpin Just do a little bit too much. But Matt is there in the mission basement. And again, it's very similar. And I like the way that it is like the next phase of when he was a little kid and he had the accident. He's there. And we saw that where he was using his senses, his new hyper senses to figure out where he was, figure out who's this. And it's a very good reminder of this, even though we all know this. It's Daredevil. The reminder of this is really well done because by the end, it's going to kick in where he does remember things that a normal person would not remember. And you might call, you know, BS. But because we are, we know it's stared up, but because we see this again, it's just this reminder of what his powers can do, how, how good they are, what they are. And so he's laying there. In this bed, and of course, he smells the wino, cheap wine next to him. 
okay, I could do that if I'm laying there and this guy is stinking of cheap wine. Yeah, I can. But he pulls out. He can't stand that. So let's pull out. Let's listen to the city. He knows it's snowing because sounds are muffled by the snow. You know, he hears gulls that are there. It must be morning because that's what. So he's getting. You hear the honks and the beeps of the car, all this. And then he's narrowing down as he's trying to figure out where he is okay he can get the smells of hell's kitchen i'm in hell's kitchen and he may not remember that he was stumbling through i mean he was in bad shape when he was stumbling through hell's kitchen ends up at his dad's old gym and collapses and is saved by maggie the nun but now he okay well oh my god there goes these loud church bells and where they're situated seems like they're right above me so i must be okay muffled i must be in the basement of a church and and he is. I mean, we know. But it, it's such a well-done little deal just to remind you how good he is and what's going on. And also getting the idea that, okay, he might be a little on the mend as well. So he's going – he ends up, though, thinking that he's too much on the mend. He's got to get away from the smells of these winos. He even says, I must be in a basement, a mission, uh, and these are winos around me. i got to get away. And when he goes to get out of the bed – he, he, his muscles are atrophied already. He's been there, laying there for a while, and he's, who took the muscles out of my legs? He ends up falling. He's not better yet. He, he isn't. And he, he's trying to just leave. There, there's no way. If he actually, if his muscles allowed him right there to get up and walk out, he would have been dead. We would, we wouldn't have Matt Murdock Daredevil anymore. You end up having Maggie, the nun, yelling at him, you idiot. And then she grabs him, puts him back in the bed and says, my name is Maggie. You're staying here. And I like the idea that she's a stern woman uh, when you're doing something that's nonsense, almost like that's a son. (laughs) You'll see that it is. Uh, We go back to Karen, who is on the phone trying to get a hold of Foggy. We, We had it before. She tried to get a hold of Matt when she was down south. And she couldn't. His number was disconnected. You know, his apartment was ex- it was exploded by then. So she couldn't get a hold of him. She has no idea still that she caused all this mess, but she's trying to get a hold of him. He's the only guy who can get. And now she ends up even worse, you know, with this piece of crap guy. I mean, she needs somebody to save, save her. So she tries to get a hold of Foggy, ends up calling uh, a number that ends up being Debbie, Debbie Nelson, Foggy's wife. They're separated at this point, and, and I'm telling you, it wasn't because of Foggy's fault. Oh, Debbie, she liked to step out a little, and really not a great person, but you end up where you have a really good deal with David Mazzuccelli's art here, where she's talking on the phone trying to get Foggy's you know number, trying to find out where he is, and she's like, crouched at the end of the bed with the phone now the cord probably only goes you know these aren't you know cordless phones back in the day so you end up where she's probably taken the phone as far as she can away from a sleeping pile but she's still on the bed and she keeps looking over her shoulder to make sure he's not waking up she's also crying and it also looks at least she's either very tired or she's got two shiners uh, because you see later that you know she she's been being beaten up by this guy as well. I mean, this guy turns from a super fan to a super a hole very quickly, and uh, she ends up getting the number of Foggy and calls him up, and he's like, "Oh man, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. How's it going, Karen?" She's like, 
Yeah, things aren't great. Uh, do you know where Matt is? Oh, no, you know, Matt, long story, he's been having problems. And she wants to get together with Foggy. She's like, can, can we get together? And he kind of blows it off at first. And it's like, well, you know, I'd love, oh, yeah, now I'm kind of tied up. And you see him, he's sitting there. He's going through some papers or whatever. And she must be just begging him. This is important. Please, you, you've got to meet me. And he's like, all right, well, I guess, you know. We can do for it. And she's old times. Yeah, we can get together for old times. And he hangs up the phone. He's like, old times. Geez, it wasn't so long ago for Karen. It's been a lifetime. I mean, she has lived another life since Foggy has last seen her. Whether or not Foggy's life has changed too much, even though it had not like Karen's. Oh, my God. Well, you end up then with going to the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson is pissed. He's pissed at Ben. He's pissed at Ben Urich, who does not want to be on this Matt. He, he, this Matt Murdock story, I'm done. This Kingpin story, no, I'm out. I don't want to do this. He is pretty much begging to be on fluff pieces. Can I just do things like they're, you know, cutting the ribbon at, at a supermarket? I don't want to do this investigative reporting. I don't want to do this crime reporting. I'm done. And, and this would be before the scene where Jay Jonas just ripping into him, you know, and says he knows that Ben's scared. He's scared off the story. Uh, I'm sure Jay Jonah, uh, you know, he may be a blustery fellow. He, he's not dumb. He he looks and probably sees, you know, those broken fingers. And he's like, I get it. But you never, ever get scared from a story. Don't ever let you get scared away from a story. And he says, not why. And, and Jay Jonah, that's the thing. Jay Jonah is the power of the press guy. He always is. He always will be. The idea that we have five million readers worth of power behind us. Don't let it scare. We could bring down mayors, presidents. That's what the press does. Don't be afraid. This is, you know, I should fire you. Get the heck out of my office. And yeah, Ben goes off, closes the door. And this is what I was saying before. The idea of it being personal, being in your face, being all this. When Ben comes out, the janitor is mopping the floor and says, that's a good boy, Yurik. And you're like, what? And he's like, you stay a good boy. You remember the kingpin's watching. You remember you got five more fingers. And you're like, holy crap. I mean, this is bad. But again, I think that this is the point. Ben can take, and it gets, I'm telling you, it gets a little worse at this thing. But it's starting to probably get this idea of, you know, if you're going to torture me the rest of my life, if you're going to make me run scared for the rest of my life, what do I have to lose? Again, just like what he did to Matt. Uh, yeah, you end up then seeing that if if Karen did not have a black eye earlier, uh, she does now because Paola wakes up and says, where the hell are you going? She's going off. I'm just going to go see a friend. He punches her right in the face and then says, you go see your friend. But you come back or you'll find I'll find you. You're mine now. And you're like, oh, my. This was a deal with the devil. It's so bad. But. At that point, you also see Matt laying. He's got a fever. He's got infected. I mean, the guy had ribs broken. Yeah, they were popped back in place, things like that. He's not at a hospital. He's in where they have winos at the church. They're trying to help him. And it ends up that as he's there, he has a fever. He's feeling around. He ends up feeling the cross. Maggie has a cross. Maggie the nun has a cross, and he feels it. And he realizes this is the same cross. That I felt when I was a kid. This is the same one. Again, this is where you're going to get the idea of like 
how would he remember that? But it's Daredevil. It's Matt Murdock. These are the things that he can do. And it gets even more by the end where she has that same smell from before that he remembers and a smell that reminds him of himself. All these things that does lead him to the conclusion that Maggie is his mother. Uh, But we go back to Ben Urich and this is the worst. He ends up getting a call from a Lieutenant Amanalis who says, I'm ready. I want to tell the story. I know it's Kingpin. Let's go. They ended up trying to kill me. They broke your fingers. Let's let's hit them hard. Let's go to the press. I'm ready to tell the whole story. I'm ready to say everything. I don't care anymore. Ben's like, I, I don't know who you're talking about because he won't say the name. As he's getting berated for being not able to even do a fluff piece. They're in the bullpen of the, you know, everybody's trying to get the morning edition news out there, whatever. And he is being berated that, you know, by Lichtenstein, the editor. Oh, man, you know, this guy, Ben Urich, he can't even write two lines of, of a fluff piece. He's worthless. Robbie's there to say, whoa, 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 settle down. But you have Ben just caught in the middle of these two arguing about him while he's talking to the lieutenant, while that nurse comes and chokes him out and kills him. And she ends up making sure that he hears everything as he's there. And he and she you, you don't hang up. You, ha- you you're going to end up listening to this. And he says and it's you can't imagine what it would be like to be that scared. And then because of that and all that, listen to a guy's last breaths. As he, you know, ends up that last raspy breath that he's trying to grab something and and ends up dying. They kill him in the hospital while Ben is listening. And then you end up him saying, she gets the phone then. Thank you for listening, Mr. Yurik. And then just hangs up and he's there. And the way this is played out with all the people around him yelling and he just starts turning pink and then red just to point out the fear and the utter just i mean he is petrified listening to this and he can't hang up and all that stuff going on while you know the the newspaper stuff's going around but it's really good that it brings him into the foreground very well with the way they end up coloring that but this again is this the point where ben urich is like well they're gonna kill me eventually i can't run scared my entire life screw this i'm gonna do something well Matt ends up, he's now laying there. And this is where Maggie has put the cross on him pretty much. You know, hey, he needs all the help he can get. He has a fever. It's a real high fever. He may not live. Let me put the cross on there. Well, you end up having Kingpin thinking about how powerful he is, how great he is that he can end up going through the generals on the payroll and all these. He's going to get nuke. He's going to, you know, be able to do some big things with him. Well, He's still just insanely upset about Matt Murdock. Foggy meets with Karen, and Karen looks like hell. Foggy's going to be nice. You look great, Karen. I mean, really, Foggy? And like, yeah, how are things? And she pretty much comes clean to the point. She doesn't say, I ended up selling out Matt. I ended up the... But she tells him, like, my life's awful. I, I end up, I'm a junkie. And she she's not going to say it at first. And I like the progression where it does seem very realistic, where you would meet an old friend and you're just there and you, you want to, you know, spill the beans. You want to get it off your chest to one of the two guys that you would be able to do that, Foggy or Matt. And she wants to find Matt, but 
she ends up, eh, you know, things, uh, you know, I don't know. Have you seen my mo-? Of course you haven't seen my movies. Uh, and she says, let's just say that I've messed up my life about as badly as I could. Let's just. And then it's so well done that it's, you know, dot, 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 a pause. And then she just says, I'm a junkie. And I got to find matter. I'll be murdered. I mean, there's no beating around the bush now. She finally realizes I I can't lie myself out of this. I can't smooth my foggy. I'm desperate. I I mean, I am a junkie. I I shoot heroin and I'm awful and I'm going to get murdered if I don't find Matt. I need to find. And then that's where, you know, foggy in my mind, he's trying to ignore some things. Hey, you look great. And then yeah, she's got a, a bloody lip and a black. Like, what happened? What What's going on? She says, oh, this guy I'm with, he's, he's just awful. And so Foggy's ready. I'm going to go. I'm going to beat the crap out of this guy. Where is he? Look at Foggy there. And she's like, no, no, no. You'll just end up dead. We got to find Matt. Matt's the only one who can get us out of this. Uh, and you end up where he said he disappeared the law firm went out of business matt's been acting crazy for some time now he's been charged with criminal misconduct and i think that this is where she realizes i think this might have to do with me like i have ruined my life but i've also ruined matt's that that is awful oh no you end up foggy keeps going it was a frame by gangsters i think we tried to fight it but then you know they blew up his house and he vanished oh no foggy oh no it's all my fault and what what are you talking about? How could it be all your fault? We haven't seen you. You know, you, you left. Uh, what? Uh, nothing, nothing. And she, she could have said then, like, I did this. Not that that would have changed anything. Not that that would have made anything better right now or whatever. But she's like, ah, it's just junkie talk. You know us junkies. We talk a lot of nonsense. But I got to get home. I, I got to go back to Pyle. And he's like, the, the guy who punched you? No, you're staying with me. You're coming home with me, Karen. I'm not going to let you do this. And she's, no way. You're sweet and all, but he will kill you. This guy is insane. He's a psycho. He will find us, and he will kill both of us. And Foggy, this this is the Foggy moment to me that's the best part. I still think that... You know, he's kind of letting Matt kind of, you know, Matt's a little trouble. He's been missing 11 days. It bothers me, but I'm not going to go. But when he, I think this is the turnaround where he says to Karen, no, no, no. You're family. You're Matt's family with me. We're family together. And it's a very touching scene for the things that you've gone through, especially for Karen. And even though you should be angry at her. You should be furious at her reading this. She is pretty, you know, kind of the enemy of the whole deal. She's the villain, but she's not. And you realize just, you know, how used and and whatever. And just she can't help it. And she starts crying and they hug. And I actually I actually got choked up. I actually did at that point. And it shocked me. But it didn't shock me eh? because we've been living this with them. And going through some pretty bad lows where, yeah, I like seeing Foggy and Karen there having a hug and they are family. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to get to the end of this all going on where we go back to Matt. And this is huge for Daredevil going forward. Very big. Not just the idea that he's going to figure out who Maggie is, but the idea that he it looks like he's going to die. He is going to die. Maggie is there with her rosary. She is got the prayer beads. She is praying and saying, this is a good man. 
he's not going to live. His body cannot fight this anymore. This is a guy, though, that he has so much more to do. She told him when he was a little boy who just got chemicals in his face and was blind. She told him, don't ever tell anybody about your powers. And you are going to use this to do a lot. You are going to end up being able to be something bigger now. You have something to do. You have a mission. And he hasn't finished it yet. And she begs to God, let him finish this. And and with that even says a, a nun saying to God in prayer, take my soul. Let me burn in hell forever if you just bring him back. Let me Anything you ask ever, no matter what, I will do if you just let him live. He cannot die right now. Please spare him. We need him. So many need him. And she says, hear my plea. And you see, you just saw where Foggy and Karen are hugging because they're Matt's family. And then to go to this where she says so many need him. It's not just, you know. Somebody who's getting a crime committed against him. This isn't just somebody, you know, uh, oh, my, my purse was snatched. Where's Daredevil? That That's part of it. But it's not just that. This is very much more spiritual, very much with everybody. This is a guy, a soul on this earth that has done so much good that we only have seen it in this, you know, born again deal. The opposite, the awfulness that happens when he's not around. And that's not just Daredevil, that's Matt Murdock as well. And she just begs and begs and begs. You see, with at this point then, you also see Ben Urich, who's thinking, don't even think of the name, don't even think of the name. Again, he is now listened to somebody being killed on the phone because of this. And again, I think that it's one of those where you have taken everything from a guy now you have produced a man without fear eventually. And that's what seems to happen. You even had earlier where I think it was Jay Jonah or Robbie saying to Ben, you're supposed to take those bandages off. Your hand is better, you know, enough to take the bandages off. He won't do it. He won't take the bandages off. He's too afraid. He's doing that as he's sitting on a park bench thinking, don't even think the, uh, don't think of the name. And he ends up pulling off the bandages kind of smiles it looks like a little but looks at his hand you know there's his hand and then he just says matt murdoch and it's so good it's so good that he's like you're like all right it's one of those it's such a weird deal where the scene is just a guy sitting next to a a looks a homeless guy sleeping there but sitting on a park bench while it's snowing all he does is take off bandages and then say Matt Murdock, and I swear I want to pump my fist in the air. You get so fired up from just that. Again, because of the journey that you had with him. And you're like, damn right, Matt Murdock, let's go. And so then you're going to set up the continuing story here at the very end where you have one of my favorite guys, Felix, you know, Mr. Makeup Words, who goes to Melvin Potter's costume store and wants him to make he wants melvin to make him a daredevil costume he has a bunch of other thugs around this is something kingpin want this will make more sense as we go on but at this point he's just like you know i think that you re- renunciated your status as a prominent member of the criminal class i'm telling i love him and speaking of this most neatly custodied establishment we're gonna be there and it might have a premature demolition if you don't listen 
uh, what they want is is a daredevil costume and he's gonna and in a pretty bad butt way as he's saying this to pretty much like go the point of if you don't listen you're gonna be in big trouble stabs a costume of a police officer he's like yeah i wouldn't want this to happen we remove body parts you're like oh my he means it but they're gonna get a daredevil costume that plays out in the next issue we end though with matt he is now recovered the prayers the plea it worked this sets up a very you know from now on a very spiritual you know daredevil with matt murdoch all that going on it also sets up that he is there he's listening he's smelling there he's sitting up he says i'm so glad i can sit up now it's almost like you know it's the greatest thing ever to actually just be able to sit up without as much pain as fever broke and you end up where the one nun says to maggie like god has been merciful to that boy and she says god is just sister and he's listening to maggie's heart and he's thinking okay she has a strong heart she's gonna live for a while it's kind of a funny deal um but with this too he's smelling her and that scent it's so much like my own you know it's it's kind of like the scent that visited me in that hospital room so long ago she also had the cross that was that cross the one that he held then something that also shows you that when she ended up going to him as a little kid, when he was in the worst shape, he was in pain. Nobody knew what he was going through. She seemed to know. She seemed to care. She kissed him on the forehead. When he felt that cross, this has to be something that he has thought about a lot. He has thought about this woman. Who is she? Who was this nun that helped me to give me hope to go? And he ends up saying to her, Maggie, uh, are you my mother? And she says, of course not, child. And any other book with any other hero that does not have the power set of old Matt Murdock here, you would just think to yourself, I wonder if she is then. I wonder if she's lying. You know, is she? Why is she playing? But you have Matt Murdock. And it's like you, you praise the Lord yourself that you do have Matt Murdock in this situation because he says a heartbeat can tell you a lot. He hears just jumped. She's lying. And so when she says, I'm not, of course, I'm not your mother child. She is. And he's sitting there with the crust and he just starts smiling. And it's so nice. Again, you get fired up. You're getting fired up in this issue for little things like that. Little things that are like, no, of course not. I'm not child. It seems like she's lying from her heartbeat. And you're like, yes. And you, you can't wait. You can't wait for the next issue. Uh, and I can't wait for the next issue. Uh, everything about this is a 10. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect issue in my mind. And this is why I say that, saying that there aren't a lot of perfect issues out there. I, I hear a lot of podcasts. I see a lot of reviews. That's my thing. I love to read reviews. I do my own, but I love reading them. I love listening to podcasts. I love hearing people talk about comics, all that. And the idea of a perfect issue gets thrown around so much it just gets you know you you read something and just because oh my that that's pretty cool that's not a 10 out of 10 the idea of this issue more so than any of the others i've been talking about the idea of how the art it helps how the art and the story combine into something that is really you could go to any cliche roller coaster ride of emotions a perfect blend of story and art. These are all reviewer 101 cliches. They probably have a book out there. You can, you know, get out of the library to find these out. 
the reason why they end up being there are times though they're not they're real like something has to start it out to be real to end up then being overused to be a cliche this is where these things start now not just this there's other things but i think legitimately i think that this is the best single issue of a comic i've ever read ever i think that this is i'm hoping the next one's even better you know, that when we go to the next issue, uh, but right now, I, I do think that this and, and it's not again, it's not just this issue per se. It's what led up to it. But when this stuff happens in this, the, there are so many there's times where I almost cried three times in this issue and then I'm pumping my fist. Then I mean, it's crazy. I, I can't say enough about it, really. And I, I'd love to be able to get excited about something like this, overly excited, when a lot of times I seem more depressed talking about comics. So please, if you have not read this Born Again deal, read it all. But please, when you get to this issue, let me know what you thought. Or if you've already read it, let me know what you thought, because I, I just don't see anything wrong with it at all. I, I can't find any sort of anything. There is nothing to tarnish this from just being perfect. But that is it. That is it for the deal. I got to go off and talk about a lot of other books that I, and now I'm, I think that I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Now I see why Eric says that if he ever gives a 10 out of 10, he's done. Uh, it's going to be a letdown now. But thanks a lot, Frank Miller. <laughs> all right. But yeah, perfect. But. Hey, uh, if you want to go and find us around, I'll repeat this from the beginning. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, where you can tell me that if you liked it, loved it, hated it, whatever. Yeah, let me know. I'd love to talk about it. But yeah, that's WS Marvel Comics. And if you follow us, we'll follow you back. Also, we have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And we also have a Patreon, again, where you can hear a lot of episodes like this and a lot of other things that aren't even older issues or even comics there's just a ton of stuff i end up saying in april i believe i ended up having almost 80 episodes of shows and that may seem daunting but if you do join up you don't have to listen to every one you can listen to what you like what you want to hear all that stuff but we have equally dc and marvel stuff for both the marvel and the dc podcast and i i rarely say this i mention in passing but if you do want to listen to our DC Comics podcast, that's the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. We try to make it all simple for you to find us and all that. But thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to me go on and on and on. And I'll talk to you later.